Welcome to the Real Life English Podcast, where we help dedicated English learners just like you cultivate the courage, the confidence, and the skills that you need to understand real life native English, to communicate clearly with people from all around the world, and to make your life an epic global adventure. Now, are you ready to go beyond the classroom and start living your English? Can I get an aww yeah? Do you ever get that feeling where you're in a conversation with someone and you just freeze up because you can't think of how to say something in English? And do you ever get frustrated by how slow you speak because you first have to translate things to your native language before you can actually say them in English? Well, in this lesson, we are giving you several recommendations that Andrea and I have both found very effective in being able to think in other languages that we've learned. And one of the really great things is that if you start thinking in English, then getting blocked and translating in your head will be things of the past. So whether you are more beginner level or upper intermediate, you will definitely find at least one tip here that you can apply today. And by the way, on our Real Life English YouTube channel, we are also creating a lesson explaining more of the science and psychology behind thinking in English. So that will be a really great accompaniment to this podcast. So be sure to go and subscribe there so that you don't miss that lesson. And that's not all. If you head over to Instagram at reallife.english, you will find an exclusive extra tip there. So I highly recommend you do that as soon as you finish the podcast. Now let's get into it. Oh yeah, boys and girls, citizens of the world. This is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and incomparable way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're stuck in traffic, laying on the beach, relaxing in a hammock, or even while you're running on the treadmill. Oh yeah, I'm joined in the Barcelona studio, even though we're in separate places today, by Andrea. How's it going, Andrea? I'm great, thank you. It's really strange being in separate places, like each being at home and not recording <laughs> together in person, because we've been doing that a lot lately. We've gotten so accustomed to it. We have. So you said that this is an incomparable or incomparable yeah. way to learn English, right? What does that mean? It means it doesn't compare to anything else. It's unique. Mm -hmm. And I chose that obviously for the meaning, but also because it's an interesting talking point because we pronounce it differently, don't we? Yeah, I'm not sure if like in American English, if both of those are correct pronunciations mm -hmm. and comparable and incomparable is like a shortening because mm -hmm. you like take out the first day. Yeah, because I kind of had to think about it. We say incomparable, but I had a feeling mm -hmm. that you would say incomparable because I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's an odd one. We like to shorten a lot of words like that. So yeah, uh, like how interesting can become interesting. Mm -hmm. And would you say more interesting? No, we would say interesting as well. We omit that E as well. That's interesting. <laughs> so today we're talking all about how you can begin thinking in English. And why is this so important to stop translating in your head, Andrea? I think that when you're trying to speak, if you are translating what you want to say in your head, it can be a really stressful situation because you're already trying to speak to someone, you're already trying to process what they are saying to you, and maybe you're also translating what they are saying to you, which takes time. So then by the time you're going to respond, you're then 
translating what they've said, then translating in your head what you want to say. And it just takes too much time. And it can also be really stressful and it's a lot of work as well. And, you know, there's something you can do about it, which is great. You just need to start training your brain in a different way. And then that way you can stop translating in your head and you'll probably start to speak more fluently too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say it's just like such a big key to fluency is when you can stop doing that kind of juggling where you're trying to, you know, think about things first in your language and translate it and all that back and forth. If you can just kind of like instantly be able to respond because the words are already there, then, you know, it's going to obviously flow a lot smoother when you get in a conversation. So it's really important that you that you start practicing this, that you, as Andrea said, that you train your brain to start thinking in English. And we will give you some tips on how to do this today. And we are also creating a video where we'll go a little bit more into the science of how to start thinking in English over on our YouTube channel, Real Life English. So you should definitely go and subscribe there so you don't miss that. But I'm putting the cart before the horse, as we often do on this podcast. So before we get into any of that, let's jump into today's shout out. So today's shout out comes from Carlos Renato, I guess, from Nicaragua. And he left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and he says that this is the best channel to learn English in a fun way. I've just started to listen to this podcast, and I got in love with how they teach while they only speak. It's like magic what they spread. I see they have some courses, and after I listen to the podcast episodes, I think I could take them. Congrats and hoping the next episode. So again, thanks so much to you, Carlos, over there in Nicaragua, and it's really great to hear that this is working like magic for you. We hope that other listeners, if you're new here, that you'll stick with it, even if it's difficult for you listening to this first episode or first couple episodes, because really when you start surrounding yourself with English, it can kind of work like magic. Definitely. So that's a really great message. Totally. And if you want us to shout you out, it's really simple. All you have to do is head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to us and leave us a five-star review. And the other really great thing about this is that you're helping other learners from all around the world to discover this podcast and have a lot of fun learning with us. So that said, let's roll into today's quote. We have a pretty spectacular quote today. Who is it from, Andrea? It's by Mahatma Gandhi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure you've heard this one before. It's a really famous quote, but a very inspiring one. So he says, live as if you were to die tomorrow, learn as if you were to live forever. That's a really amazing one. So what exactly does that mean? It's kind of a bit of wordplay in there. Yeah, so I think what he's saying is, you know, you should live every day to the max, like live your day fully because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But when you're learning, you should learn as if you're going to live forever. So learn as much as you can, continue to learn, you know, because learning doesn't stop. Totally. And there's just like so much out there to learn as well. So I think it's almost like, you know, when you kind of cultivate a love for learning, then it's kind of like you just want to be able to absorb everything before you die and everything. So it's almost like, you know, have that kind of childlike curiosity that you're just learning every single day. And 
really, this is a fantastic mentality to have, you know, along with your English, but other things. And one of the things we'll even talk about today is that you can use your English to learn about other things. So you really can kill two birds with one stone when you start to kind of like use your English to access new levels of information. So definitely take Gandhi's advice here and learn as if you were to live forever. So that said, it seems like a proper place to jump into today's main topic all about how you can start thinking in English. So if someone has really never had a thought in English, if they're really just starting out and curious on how they can get started having a little bit of, of thoughts, in English and not having to translate everything, where's a good place to start, Andrea? So you can start with something really simple. You can start with simple vocabulary. So even right now, you can look around you, wherever you are, you might be outside, you might be in a room, in your house, and you can just look at objects around you and you can start to name them in English. So it's really important here that you're not thinking of the word in your native language and then translating it, but you're naming the objects in English. And if you don't know the name of the object, you can look it up because then you're learning new vocabulary. Totally. And it's like a really great way to see where are the gaps in your vocabulary, like what are the words that you still have to learn. So I definitely like to do this sometimes, even if I'm just like walking somewhere as kind of like, you know, to pass the time, I'll kind of like look at things and like if, if in another language that I'm learning and try to think of like, how would I say that? another language and if I don't know it then it like kind of will add it to a list because it's something I have to look up later. Yeah and it's also a really good way to revise vocabulary because I remember doing this when I first moved to Barcelona and I would be walking down the street and I would just name objects and things that I would see in my head and then that way you don't forget them either so it's a really good practice um, to continue. Mm -hmm. And I think it really lowers the bar too because I think a lot of English learners they get kind of like anxious, they get overly excited about wanting to be able to think in English exactly like they do in their native language, which really you're setting the bar way too high if you do that. So this is a great way to lower the bar. You don't need to even think of full phrases. You don't need to be even thinking like, you know, how you would speak to someone. You just can start out with like simple words. And when you start to kind of like build those building blocks, then little by little, you can start adding in more of the structure. You can start thinking entire sentences. And eventually, if you practice this, it will kind of like build to being able to think a little bit more like you do in your native language. Exactly. And often when we learn a language, like if you learn at school or in a classroom, you tend to learn the word in your native tongue and then you translate it. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's, again, when you're then going into your head and you're translating the words, you're not thinking in English. But it's really important to learn new words through observation and experience. And then that's going to help you again to think in your head in English without translating. Mm -hmm. And normally, I think for most people, it's much easier to remember something like visually than actual like a translation because you don't really have any context for that when you're just like translating a word in your head as you do if you can actually like imagine what that word represents. Mm -hmm. And even if you start to do this, sometimes there'll be like a certain word that you'll think of in English that you won't even really know how you would say that in your native language or maybe you, you even like forget how you would say that because it's just like so strongly linked to that image or situation or something else that's much more tangible. Definitely, I completely agree. And that happened to me actually in my first year when I was living here and I, I started to learn Spanish. I went to Greece for a family wedding 
And because I was just so in the mode of learning Spanish and kind of immersed in it and hadn't really been speaking Greek, when I wanted mm -hmm. to speak, I found myself thinking in Spanish and sometimes the Spanish <laughs> words were coming out and I had to really think hard to speak in Greek. I mean, it didn't take too long after about a day because I've spoken Greek since I was a child it came back to me very quickly, but I was so amazed. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I'm actually thinking in Spanish. Yeah, I even find that happens to me sometimes when I go back to the States, just because I've been outside so long that like sometimes there's certain words that I just like don't really use very often in English. And it's just like, they'll come to me first in like Spanish or Catalan or, you know, another language. So it's, it's kind of funny that you'll start out really small. And when you start doing this, you start making a habit of it, then eventually it's just going to be very natural for you. So be patient and everything, and, and you can get there by, by taking these kind of like small steps. And I think another really great thing about this too, to start practicing, is if you see something, for example, or you're, you're kind of like doing this exercise that you're trying to think of what different words are in English, and there's something that you can't think of how, how you would say it in English, another thing that you can practice that's really powerful tool is actually like explaining in another way how you could say that like as if you were actually talking to another person you really need to tell them this word how could you explain it in another sense using other other words that you know and if you do this like that's a really practical skill that you can build for fluency because like really fluency comes out of getting to the point where you are able to kind of continue a conversation even when you don't know a word because you're able to say it in another way yeah that's a really good tip so We've said a lot already just with like this yeah. very this very first point, and we have several of them, so we better move on to the next one. We've actually maybe hinted at some of these already, but what's the next one? So the next one, like a next step to starting with simple vocabulary is to narrate what you are doing in English. So just generally while you're at home, if you're doing your laundry, if you're cleaning, or if you're on a bus, you could just start narrating what you're doing or what you are seeing, like the things that are happening around you, you can start to describe um, in very simple sentences as well. It doesn't have to be a really long dialogue or narrative. Um, you can start with simple sentences and that's again, just another step forward from vocabulary. Totally. Uh, you said like this word, I think we would say it differently. Mm -hmm. I would probably say narrating. Mm -hmm. How did you say it? Narrating. Yeah. So the emphasis is a little bit different, is, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very funny, like just noticing these little differences through normal conversation yeah. this way. Uh, but definitely, I totally agree. It's, it's like you don't, you should really just relax into it that you can start really simple, as we were saying before. And after you've kind of like built some of that vocabulary and you're kind of like getting more comfortable with that, that you can start just doing things where you're, spending that kind of like free time that you have where you're doing something else and you just try to think of like little phrases and stuff and even kind of like starting to practice that going from translating to thinking in English is even you could think if you're thinking something in your head in your native language then try to think okay well how would I say that then in English and then little by little maybe you don't even need to take that initial step of translating. Yeah so if you're walking down the street maybe it's a hot day and you might be thinking to yourself <laughs> oh, it's really hot today, or, mm -hmm. oh, I didn't bring my water with me. I need to buy some water, mm -hmm. like really simple things like this, or you might observe other things. Oh, that dog's really cute. Oh, I want a dog. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that's because I want a dog. 
So we were just talking about this before yeah. that both of us are, are looking into adopting puppies. <laughs> so definitely that's a, a great way just to get started. And it's, it's really, really simple thing. It's just kind of having to remind yourself to do this, obviously. But I even had a student who he was able to get really fluent without ever living in an English speaking country because he just like had a long commute to work every morning and in the evening back home. And so he would spend that time in his car. He would like think about different things in, in English and try to actually, sometimes he would say it out loud, but sometimes he would just think in his head and kind of like by practicing this, then like, for example, when we'd have class together, he just like was able to speak pretty naturally. So really when you start doing this, you can, you might actually be surprised when you actually have the opportunity to get in a conversation at how much more fluent you are. Definitely. I think people will surprise themselves. You know, if you keep practicing this and then one day you're just going to be like, wow, I can't believe I just did that. Exactly. So that actually already starts to get into the next point, which is having small conversations with yourself in English. So that's like what I was saying my student was doing in his car, but probably all of us, we have different times of the day where we're going somewhere, where we're waiting for something where you can spend even if it's just like 20 seconds, kind of having a small conversation about your surroundings and stuff, right? And in, in English or in the language that you're learning. Yeah. And, you know, some people might find it a bit strange at first to do this in their head. So like you mentioned with your student, you can start off by speaking out loud. For example, if you're driving in your car and you're alone and it's not going to kind of look weird then you can start off by speaking it. But I would then say mm -hmm. get into the habit of thinking as well, because it's kind of a different type of practice. And mm -hmm. then, you know, when you are outside or around other people, you're more in the habit of thinking this thing or having this conversation in your head. Yeah. And then obviously you also have the added benefit of not looking like a crazy person <laughs> who's talking to himself. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and I really like see it too, as it's almost like, for almost anything else that you learn, you imagine that you have to practice it a lot before you use it. But I think most learners, they kind of have this expectation that they should get into a conversation and they should be able to speak very quickly and naturally and stuff. But it's the same as like, you know, if you're an athlete, if you're, for example, wanting to become a really great soccer player, you, before you have any game, you're going to be doing a lot of practices with your team and everything. So it's kind of the same that before you can get into a fluent conversation in English, you need to be practicing this on your own. You need to be practicing having those conversations in your head, uh, kind of talking about simple things, even if it's just like, for example, something that might be very basic anytime that you're getting into a conversation to be able to talk about the weather or your job or something that you're really like looking forward to, to your next vacation or something like that. And if you kind of are already practicing these, then you get into a conversation and it already will feel natural for you because you've practiced it a bunch of time on your own. Yeah, and that's another thing you can do is you can even practice asking questions and then giving the replies. Mm -hmm. So then when you are in a situation when you're speaking with someone, you've already had that practice and the more you do it, then the easier it will be to speak. Exactly. So you can ask yourself almost as if you were in an imaginary conversation with someone for the first time, like, what's your job or what do you study? Where do you live? What's your favorite thing to do in your free time and different kind of like very common questions like this to really build your confidence talking about those and thinking about them. Definitely. And if this seems maybe really difficult for you at first, something I'd, I'd really recommend is that you can write it down first. So you could like write down these different questions and write down the answers at home where you like have your, your phone, your computer, you can translate certain things if you need to, you can look them up in the dictionary, whatever's the case. And then when you actually 
have that time where you're like in your car or you're waiting in line at the bank where maybe you don't have the opportunity to look it up, then you can actually practice that script more in your head. That's a really good tip because you write it out and then you practice thinking about it and having that conversation in your head so that then when it comes to actually speaking, you've already had that practice again, that thought process, and it should be easier. Totally. Wouldn't it be great if there was some way to understand real English without getting lost and without getting bored? Well, now there is. With our real life native immersion course, we will take you on a 41 week real life adventure of the English language. Each week exploring a different topic connected to our goal to help you understand and use real native English and make it a permanent part of your life in a way that is fun, natural, and convenient. The best part is you can try it for free with our three part power learning series. We will send it to your email. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod, that's P-O-D, to sign up. Now, let's get back to today's podcast lesson. So moving on, what's the next tip that we have here? The next one is to Google information in English instead of your native language. So there's so many like added benefits here too, because... English is the language that has like the, the most information on the internet is in English. So basically, if you are learning English, you can really use it just to open the store to a whole new level of information of things that maybe aren't even available in your native language. Definitely. And the added benefit as well is that if you're learning about something new, you're learning new information and you're reading it in English first rather than in your native language, then when you're going to think about it, you're likely to think about it in English as well, because that's the way that you obtain this information. Exactly. I, I like I've kind of experienced this myself lately because I'm, I'm taking like classes to learn how to sing and stuff. And actually like a lot of the terms for singing, because I'm taking the classes in Spanish, like I only know those terms in Spanish. I don't know them in English. So if you're actually doing this, then it's kind of like we were saying before that you'll learn certain words that maybe you don't even know them in your native language because you just associate them to having learned them in English. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> and I believe you were talking about this the same the other day that you took a class in Spanish for Pilates when you first moved here and stuff. And that a lot of those terms as well, you started learning them more through Spanish than English. Exactly, yeah, because I hadn't done these kinds of Pilates classes back home in London. And, you know, I was learning, I was hearing all these different words and I was thinking what part you really need to know specifically, the parts of the body, like down to, you know, certain bones and, and things like this as well, the way that they describe the movements. And so some of them, you can kind of work out what they are. And if you're seeing other people moving or the teacher might come and show you the area. But then if I was really stuck, I would then I would then go and look up the words so that, you know, it would help me. But I still think about those words because the first time I really heard them was in Spanish. So I think about mm -hmm. those words in Spanish. That's so funny. So I think this can be like a, a super useful thing to, to start doing and uh, you can connect other passions that you have actually to your English learning and it really will just take it to a new level. I think it definitely takes a lot of willpower. It takes a lot of mental strength because you have to get over that kind of like laziness. It's much easier just to look things up in your native language and have someone from your country explain it to you. But if you start doing this 
over time, you're just going to notice like a huge impact on your ability to think in English, on your ability to speak, on your general confidence. Definitely. So that said, that's very similar to our next topic. What is it? So the next one is to listen to English as much as possible. And we probably talk about this a lot, but it really is <laughs> so important. Yeah, I think like there's all these benefits to listening. Obviously, like people are listening to this podcast. So maybe you already know that, but maybe you haven't actually thought about it so much as far as the benefits that it has for your thinking, because it's very difficult to be really listening, focused to something in English and be translating it in your head at the same time. You can kind of like test yourself on this right now that, that you don't really have time to be listening to us speaking and translating it in your head at the same time. So when you do this, you're really just cultivating your mind this kind of like immersion, like the same that you would have if you went and lived in an English speaking country. Uh, but you can do this anytime, anywhere, you know, by listening to podcasts, listening to music, listening to the radio, listening to audiobooks, or listening to anything else in English. So listening is like a really nice trigger for your brain to start thinking. So what's a trigger, Andrea? So it's, it's a moment, well, it triggers something in your brain. So for example, you might think of when you see a green light at traffic lights, you know, that green light triggers a signal in your brain to go like you can keep moving mm -hmm. whereas if it's red then that triggers a signal in your brain to stop so that's just a color that then triggers something in our brain and because we've been practicing and we've learned it that way it then causes a reaction so if you're listening to english it can trigger something in your brain as well to then start to think more in English and then to even start developing your speaking skills as well. Totally. It's definitely like when you're listening to something in English, especially for if you're doing this for a lot of your time in your day, you might realize you'll like stop listening and you'll go and start to do something else. And you're just like naturally thinking in English because you're just like have turned on you've triggered that part of your brain as like, we'll, we'll definitely talk about this more in the video that we're going to create on our Real Life English YouTube channel. But second languages develop in a different place in your brain than your mother tongue. So it's kind of like when you're listening to things, you're activating that part of your brain and you know, it might kind of just stay turned on after. So the more time you can spend immersing yourself in English, the more time that your brain will just naturally prefer to be thinking in English. Yeah, and a great thing to do is to start really early. So start in the morning when you wake up. Even, for mm -hmm. example, if you could start listening to the radio, if it's like your alarm clock and your radio goes off to an English channel and mm -hmm. you, you know, you're already immersed in the language that way, then it kind of sets you up for the day to be thinking in English as well, right from the get-go. And at the beginning, it might be difficult but then the more you do it, the more like it's going to just become automatic. So we actually have a recent lesson that we did and also a podcast where we talk about different things that you can do every day to improve your communication English. So we talk a lot more about how you can kind of just create this immersive experience in English. There's a lot of different creative ideas out there and you might find some things that will work really well for you. So you should try definitely a bunch of different things. Definitely go listen to that or watch it because it'll, it'll help you a lot to get some different ideas. So that said, what's the next one, Andrea? So the next one is to change one of your everyday life things to English. 
So again, you don't have to start with lots of different things. You can just choose one thing. For example, if you write to-do lists, you can start writing it in English, your shopping list, uh, your calendar, or even reading a particular magazine or newspaper, changing one of your social media apps to English. There's just so many things that you can choose. And if you change one of these life things to English, it means that, you know, if it's something that you do every day, then you're giving yourself that opportunity to either read or write or think in English. And the, the more you do that, the again, you're going, you're going to be immersed in the language even more. Yeah, I think it's really great if you do this, for example, on like your phone or your computer, then it's kind of like every time that you pick up your phone or every time that you're working on your computer, it's kind of like your, your brain just naturally has to kind of like switch to English because, you know, everything on there is, is in English. Yeah, and the first year that I moved here actually, my the school that I was working in wasn't very tech savvy <laughs> to begin with. It, it moved on a bit later, but the computer in my classroom was quite old and it wasn't even possible to change the language into English. So I had just moved here and I had a computer and the language was in Spanish, but it really, it forced me to learn all this vocabulary related, you know, to a computer, like when you want to go to your file and your edit and all these different things, I learn all of these words in Spanish. So then even sometimes if I wanted to explain to someone how to find something or what to do with a particular document, I couldn't even think of the words in <laughs> English just because they were so ingrained in my brain at that time in, in Spanish as well. Totally. And you said that your school wasn't very tech savvy. What does that mean? Savvy. Yeah, they weren't very knowledgeable and they didn't really have a lot of tech. It was just kind of basic computers. And after a, a few years, we changed that and we <laughs> developed a lot, you know, to, to have much better computer equipment and iPads and all different mm -hmm. things. So it's kind of like that know-how, right? The knowledge that you have. When you're savvy, you can yeah. even say like someone is savvy in a language that someone's savvy in English should be kind of like you're, you have like a very diverse vocabulary and you're very confident and fluent. So hopefully mm -hmm. if you start thinking English, you'll become more English savvy as well. So, yeah. uh, so definitely I think that you can be very creative there, as we said, and like changing all of your devices to English, changing different websites that you go to to English and just like finding these different little points in your day that you can get that contact with the language and kind of trigger your brain to start thinking in English. So we only have a couple more tips for you here on the podcast. We will of course have more on YouTube. We'll have more on Instagram, but before we tell you where you can find those, let's take a look at our last couple tips. So what's the next one, Andrea? The next one is to plan and recap your day in English. So it goes back a little bit to what we spoke about, about starting the day listening mm -hmm. to the radio in English, you're starting the day off that way. So it's a really good way to start thinking in English is by, you know, having the radio on in English or, you know, watching the news in English if you can. And then also at the end of the day, you can think about your day in English. So, you know, while you're getting ready for bed, while you're getting into bed, you can start thinking about what happened that day, 
what your routine was, you know, if anything special happened. And you're just ending the day thinking in English as well, which might even, in fact, lead you to dreaming mm -hmm. in English. That's definitely a great feeling. The first time that you dream in another language, that's just like, that means your brain's really yeah. been ingrained in, in that language. We also talked about in our in that podcast where we talked about things that you can do every day to improve your communication, one of the suggestions we gave was journaling. So that can be kind of like a, a great habit to develop to start to do this because I think writing can also be a really fantastic way to start training your brain to think because it kind of gives you a little bit more time and everything. You know, it's okay if you're at first, you're kind of like doing the translating and everything in your head and then like trying to think of how you would say that in English in the writing. And then like little by little, when you do that, it's just like will become more natural for you just to like write without having to translate first. So it can almost be like a, a good way to pair that activity of writing, like writing in a journal before you go to bed, when you first wake up in the morning, and then, you know, to try to continue after you finish journaling, to try to continue thinking in English. Yeah, I agree. That's a really good tip as well, because you'll be surprised how much does go in when you're writing in English as well. Exactly. And then finally, What's our last tip here? So this is really probably the most important one because if you don't do this, then you know it may not work as well for you or your progress might be a bit slower. So consistency and frequency are the key here. You know, you have to, you can just start with one of these things, but you have to do it every day, at least for a month. Totally. Uh, I. I think actually you could use a concept called the 30 day challenge where you commit to doing mm -hmm. something every day for 30 days because it takes about 30 to 60 days to develop a new habit. And so like when you do this, then, and you don't miss a single day, then by the end of that time, it will be much easier for you to just do it naturally. You won't have to like think about it so much because it will have become a habit. So a really great thing to do if you do do this is like share it with someone, for example, if you have like someone in your life that can hold you accountable and tell them, you know, to check in with you every day to make sure you don't miss it. You could even have some sort of consequence that like, for example, uh, you'll pay that friend that that you're having to hold you accountable, pay them like five dollars or twenty dollars every time every day you miss any whatever amount it is. So you really don't want to miss a single day. Or you could also just say that, it, you know, any day that you do this, that you can't have any sweets for the next day if you if you miss it. Oh, that's <laughs> I, I'm sure that will be really difficult for a lot of people. I'm sure that will motivate them. <laughs> definitely. So that's definitely another thing we could do a whole podcast just talking about the benefits and how to set up a 30 day challenge. But it's something you can also investigate more on your own if it sounds interesting. And maybe you can come up with some 30 day challenge for thinking in English. Yeah, and then, you know, once you've done that consistently for 30 days, then you might even want to incorporate another thing. So then you're building on that and that's going to help you even more. Totally. And I think there's also uh, a lot of things that you can do to actually like train your brain to start thinking in English. So, you know, our, we're very much like triggered again, that word that, that we're triggered kind of like by our environment, by where we are by the time of day, by the people that we're around. So you can like really take advantage of that. You can leverage that maybe also in creating your habit to train your brain to think in English at a certain time of day or while you're doing a certain other activity or while you're with a certain other person or while you're, for example, in a certain room of your house or a certain place. So you can kind of like get creative with this, but 
for example, maybe I, I've had a lot of students whose kids speak English a lot better than they do because they're they're learning it in school, or they're very like interested in TV series or social media or whatever is the case. Uh, so like if, if this is the case for you, maybe you could ask your kids like, okay, every day when we have breakfast, can we just speak in English? And that might just like starting out your day, kind of just speaking a little bit with people that you're comfortable around can be like a really great way to just after that, maybe you'll be triggered that uh, you'll continue thinking in English. And it's also kind of just great because for you, breakfast time will also become English time. Yeah. And once you get started with this and you do it more, you'll surprise yourself at how natural it becomes to you. You know, at first, some of doing some of these things might seem a little bit weird for you, like because I even tried certain things like speaking with my husband in Spanish. And at first you're like, hey, this is really (laughs) weird, you know, when you've never done it before. And you're like, why aren't we just speaking in English? But you know, if you if you want to progress and you want to start thinking in English, then it's just getting started. And the more you do it, you'll surprise yourself at how natural it can become mm-hmm. the more that you do it. So really, it's just getting started and being consistent with it. Yeah. And it helps it really if you like commit it to, like we said, like a certain time of day or a certain place, like maybe... If Andrea really likes going out to a certain cafe with her husband, then every time they go to that cafe, they could just switch to Spanish. So you can kind of think of these things, what's going on in your life that you could turn a certain thing into a trigger for your brain to start thinking in English. Definitely. So we've really just scratched the surface. We've talked a lot about this, but there's like so many more things about this. And that's exactly why, first of all, we have another tip for you that you can go find right now over on our Instagram at reallife.english. And while you're there, definitely follow us so you can get a lot more tips for your English and other lessons and a lot of very fun ways to improve your English. And also, as we mentioned, Andrea is going to be creating a video on this. So head over to our YouTube channel, Real Life English, and subscribe so that you won't miss that lesson. So thanks so much for joining us here today. We've had a lot of fun talking with you about this subject, something that Andrea and I strive to do also in the languages that we're learning. And we hope that these tips have been helpful for you to start getting started thinking in English. So we look forward to seeing you next week on the Real Life English Podcast. Ah, yeah. Hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Then I have a couple great recommendations for you. First of all, check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Second, if you like our podcast, then our real-life native immersion course is perfect for you. It is the next best thing to studying abroad in an English-speaking country. Try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod to sign up. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah.